Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Check this stat out. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be taking on the L.A. Rams down at Raymond James. I saw this stat of Tom Brady, and it just goes to the timeless wonder that Thomas is. At 44 years old, Tom Brady is older than four of the seven opposing head coaches remaining in the playoffs, including all three opposing NFC coaches. Including the playoffs, Tom Brady is 20-6 and six versus head coaches younger than him. The most such wins by any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. What is with this guy? How is that a stat? I guarantee the boogeyman. There's, there's not like... He's the boogeyman. There's not another quarterback who's ever been older than this many head coaches. Well, they say, what, professional sports is a young man's game, right? Yeah. Tom Brady, you know... 44 years old. The dude is six years away from being a 50. I, I full well expect Tom Brady to play till he's freaking 50 years old. Sure. I can see Tom Brady out there carting around an oxygen tank. As, with long the, as, as long as he keeps taking pay cuts and allowing teams to put pieces around him that make him successful, he can stay in the NFL. Well, <laughs> Tom Brady still looks relatively pretty young. Besides a little gray creeping yeah, up. Yeah, besides a little gray creeping up on the sides. But... If you just see like some of those old tapes of like the sixties and the seventies Super Bowls and some of the, the coaches oh my and players. God, dude. Not only do the, the coaches look older, like the players the t- look like they're like <laughs> the ancient. T- yeah. But like when they you see the the reels of like Bart Starr playing quarterback, he even looked older than Tom Brady. Go look at like Terry like, Bradshaw. Like Terry Bradshaw in his twenties looks like he's like fifty. I mean, we don't even have to yeah. bring up Kenny Stabler. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Stabler. <laughs> You go, just go look at anyone from like the seventies and eighties, and hell, even some of the nineties. You're like, you're twenty six. You look like you're forty six. Yeah. Well, even just like the coaches, obviously Vince Lombardi looked really old. You had Tom Landry that looks older. Compare now, granted, they were older than the Matt Lafleur's of mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. But not even the older coaches, I would say, in the NFL look near as old as some of those guys in the past. Um, but that's how- also one of the. Uh, conspiracies where time is sped up. That's why people live longer. I'm yeah. sure you've heard that oh, one before. Rowdy, if it's a conspiracy, you better believe I've heard it, dude. <laughs> All right, so Tom, I like how RG's like, this stat, come on, what is with this stat? Yeah, like, That's I'm, impressive, 44 years old, he's older than all these dudes, and he's spanking ass. Okay, like, give me a stat for the next quarterback who's also older than I can't do that. all their coaches. You can't, because it's not a stat. It's one guy. What do you mean it's a stat? It's right here. Yeah, it's From one NFL, guy. NFL research. If it's if it's one guy, why are we keeping track of the stat? He's one man. One man. Tom Brady is timeless. The dude's Benjamin Button. He is reverse aging. The dude's Benjamin Button. That's, all, that's the only way you can explain it. All right, so uh, Bart Starr's first Super Bowl. 19... 19- 1967 was Super Bowl one. Bartholomew Starr was born in 1934. He was 33 years old when he won his first Super Bowl. Now, when you go back and look. Well, when was his first NFL championship? 
Oh, say I was just going to the Super Bowl. So the first right, NFL championship. But... Uh, he was NFL champion in 1961. That was his first time. Yep. At, okay. Five-time NFL champion, 1961 is the first one. So he's 27? 27, Bart Starr in 1961. I'm going to Google it really quick. I just want to see a picture and how old he looks. He looks like he's like in his 30s. Okay. He doesn't look too bad, but. That would be us being the same age. Yeah. And someone called me 36 yesterday. I was a little offended. I was a 33-year-old. So maybe maybe I'm maybe Father Time's catching up to me now. So there you go. All right, Tom Brady, though, absolutely timeless. When you go to the Rams and the Buccaneers, uh, Rowdy and RJ, the Buccaneers are favored by two and a half points, a little closer of a matchup. What are we expecting in this game uh, Sunday at 2 o'clock? Well, normally when everyone's healthy, you would say both have really good defensive lines. I think both would you would say both have pretty good front sevens in general. I personally would go with the Buccaneers have a better front seven than the Los Angeles Rams, though both are pretty good. But one of the big things going against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week is if you watch that Philadelphia Eagles game, they had Tristan Wirfs, who's an all-pro at right tackle, and they had Ryan Jensen, who's an all-pro at center, both go out with injuries. Now, if those guys are limited or can't play, that's going to give a huge leg up to the Los Angeles Rams, who, I don't know, have one of the best defensive linemen in the league in Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's pretty good. That that could be a huge issue, missing two all-pros off of your offensive line. I mean, we've seen the Packers have to do something kind of like that. Now, luckily, the Packers had a lot of depth. Does Tampa Bay have that same type of depth? I don't know, and I would bet probably not. Yeah, I mean, Packers, besides the Niners, are getting healthier uh, Packers getting the most healthy. Niners, Jimmy G's a little banged up, but the Buccaneers had a lot of injuries at the end of the season. But, God, I can never discredit Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette, is he still in the IR? I guess they have till 3 o'clock today to take players off the IR. So that would be a boost for them. Matt Stafford finally got his first playoff win in 13 years, but use that with a grain of salt because of those 13 of those years, 12 of them was in Detroit. So there's that. <laughs> How many times do they make the playoffs? Once? Once. Once or, tw- yeah. Once or twice. Once or twice. There's no way it's more than two. It's when he had Megatron. So I will take Tom Brady, the guy, RJ, um, your favorite stat, who is 20 and 6, Tom Brady, okay. versus head coaches younger than him. I mean, I'd like to the see. The most such wins by any quarterback in the Super Bowl. I'd like to see the stats for other quarterbacks well, that are older than the coaches they face, though. Most such wins by any quarterback in the Super Bowl. That's older than the coaches they <laughs> they are playing against. I don't know. All the coaches used to be old dinosaurs. Now they're getting young. It's the young wave now. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LeFleur, who all, by the way, come from the same tree in, with the Washington football team. Yeah. How about that? Let's see. Titans favored by three and a half over the Bungles. I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling the Joe Burrow. I'm feeling the Joe. I'm feeling the Joe cool. Well, it sounds like. Is, there, is Henry playing? Yeah, it sounds like uh, Derrick Henry's going to play. But how healthy is he? Yeah, I mean, what, what was it? A the fracture his ankle? It was a foot injury. Foot injury. Had surgery on it. Now it looks like he's going to play tomorrow. But yeah, are you going to get the Derrick Henry that was Derrick Henry before the surgery? I mean, you would think no. This would be his first game back, knocking off Rusk. Are they going to ask him to carry the ball thirty times, yeah. twenty times? Cincinnati's run defense actually isn't that bad. Now they did lose their starting D tackle, which could be a hit to that. 
But if they make it a, a passing battle, because Tennessee, on the other hand, also really good at stopping the run, but Joe Mixon is healthy and playing. They didn't have him in a game they won actually last year in 2020 against Tennessee with Joe Burrow. Yep. If they turn it into a passing game, it's going to be Tannehill versus Burrow. And I would take right now Burrow. Now, granted, when we did that quarterback rankings, Tannehill was my number 12. <laughs> a one head of a Lamar Jackson, if I remember correctly. But that was also before Joe Burrow came into the league. With those, and, with those glasses know, he's wearing now. Times have changed. We'd have to go back and revisit those because I might have to lo- move Lamar Jackson even further down from 13. <laughs> hey, Truz. Truz Jackson, Rowdy. No, but so Bengals, Titans, and Niners, Packers. Uh, then on Sunday, 2 o'clock, Rams, Buccaneers, Bucks favored by two and a half. Tom Brady, I, what do you, RJ was like beside himself saying that this stat was stupid. I kind of thought it was interesting. Well, it just shows he's been around for a long time. At 44 years old, Tom Brady is older than four of the seven opposing head coaches remaining in the playoffs, including all three in the NFC. Including the playoffs, Brady is 20-6 and six versus head coaches younger than him. The most such by uh, such wins by any quarterback in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl era. I think that's pretty imp- that just shows you the longevity well, of Tom Brady. It shows the longevity and the success. He's Benjamin Button. He reverse ages. When Tom Brady came out of the womb, he was a decrepit old man. Now he's getting younger. But I can't explain the grade then that's creeping up on him. Maybe some kind of fashion statement. He's graying early. <laughs> <laughs> he's graying early. There you go. Uh, Rowdy, so uh, Bucks Rams. Who you got? We, I like the Bucks. It's Same. Tom Brady. We talked about it a little bit in, I think that was the seven o'clock seven. hour. Time is just. And both of these teams have good front sevens. I think Tampa Bay's got the better front seven. Tampa does have, though, their center and right tackle, both questionable for this game as they had ankle injuries. Yeah. Both are all pros. Now, if they can't play, that's a huge loss for them. Yeesh. If they can play, how healthy are they? Yeesh. But I think when you look at it, the Rams have a really good run defense. Well, Tampa Bay is not going to run the football. They haven't done it all year. Plus, Leonard, Leonard Fournette is still. still questionable. Are they going to activate him today by 3 o'clock? Yeah. I mean, other than that, they've been rotating running backs like Giovanni Bernard and uh, Vaughn, the running back out of App State, like, they're not going to try and establish a real run. Come on now. Yeah. I got bucks. I mean, Tom Brady is a effing man, dude. And plus it's destined that he's going to come to Lambeau field for Rogers to get his revenge. I think it really is going to come down. I do think the Rams can run the football a little bit better than Tampa Bay will be able to, but that's not saying a ton because of what we just said, but I think it'll come down to Brady and Stafford. Like this is, this is the time for Matt Stafford to shine. He's got a first playoff one in 13 years under his belt. Now, Bring his opportunity to the other side, is now like, is he going to have a better opportunity? No, the Rams have done everything in their power to acquire players to win a Super Bowl. I mean, they've traded like all of their first round picks for like forever. Yeah. Let's go to the phones quick. Uh, good morning. Who do I got? What? The, you. <sighs> Patience. All right, Rowdy. And real quick, who, whoever keeps that's line for it. Second time they've done that. If I had caller ID and I knew who you were, oof. all right, Rowdy, Bills Chiefs, the final game of the divisional round. Uh, this is Sunday at 5.30. Kansas City and your buddy, not Patrick, no, no, Jackson Mahomes. I'm just kidding. 
Patrick Mahomes, minus one and a half to the Chiefs. I think I'm going to roll with Buffalo in You're this gonna one, You're going to circle too. the wagons? The, the reason being, I mean, Kansas City has had Buffalo's number the last couple of years, but you know who else had Buffalo's number for like the last two decades? Hmm. That'd be the New England Patriots. And Buffalo just seems like it's a team right now that's currently rising. Well, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that Kansas City is in a, you know, a down downward trend as they're they've been moving up the on the to season. the divisional round, but I would say they're playing pretty even. And that's definitely a couple pegs lower than where they had been playing the last couple seasons where they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I think the bills eke out a close one. I want the bills to win this just so I could see the pain in Jackson Mahomes face and um, Patrick Mahomes fiance or wife, whatever she is. Them and those TikToks they have. So I guess I'm going to go with a straight up win from the Bengals. I'm going Bengals too. In a close game. I think Bungles. it'll be like 27-24 they get a win. I'm going Bengals. I'm going Packers. I'm going Packers. I'm going Buccaneers. Buccaneers and Bills. Man, I'm right there. It's strange that we're in agreement of all this. I'm feeling the Bills, dude. Chiefs. I would like to see a recreation of Super Bowl One. Packers, Chiefs. Randall Cobb. <laughs> Uh, Randall Cobb was talking on the podium yesterday. He has been activated. Randall Cobb unleashed, ready to go. Cobby, Randy Cobby, back. Hey, second leading scorer for the Green Bay, or sorry, second leading receiver for the Green Bay Packers before that injury. Yeah. Obviously only trailing Devontae Adams. Now, Randall Cobb barely just missed the Super Bowl run for the Packers, right? Uh, Forever chasing that ring. It looked like he wasn't going to get it when he shipped away, what, to the Cowboys, and then he went to, was it the Texans after the boys? Yep. Yep, and then uh, Aaron Rodgers was like, we need to bring uh, Cobby back. Randall Cobb was asked about what it would mean for him. I'm on the belief it's the team of destiny this year. Destiny. I, I know I say it every year, but I really mean it this year. Okay. Sure. Randall Cobb talks what it would mean for him to finally play in that Super Bowl. Take a listen. Uh, I mean, it, just looking at the journey, it, it would mean everything. Um you know, just being able to come back, it definitely would be a storybook ending uh, for this year. Uh, everything that has happened uh, through the course of the season uh, for us to have so many guys that we lost, including myself throughout the season, uh, me get, getting traded back here and being a part of it. You know, last year I was watching the past two years. I've been watching the playoffs from the couch. Past four years I've been watching the playoffs from the couch. Man, I haven't seen the playoffs since 2016. So um, I'm really excited uh, for the the opportunity just to to be out there and and help contribute. And yeah, and the Packers. Good point, Rowdy. Nope. Randall Cobb. A lot of watching the playoffs on the couch, and now he's been activated, ready to go from that core injury. Now Randall Cobb talks about um, how much and sacrifice and hard work did it take for him to get back. From that core muscle surgery, take a listen. Uh, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be uh, overzealous about my situation. You know, I'm. It, this is easy. Uh, you know, I. I didn't have a, a real injury. I wasn't really going. I mean, I had a real injury. Obviously, I had core surgery and, and bouncing back. But there's people out there that's going through real life things. Single mothers that's trying to raise two kids. Uh, what I what I did to get back is not a big deal. Um, I'm coming back to play a football game. I did everything yeah. in my will. Um, to will myself back. I did everything I could to will myself back uh, for these playoffs. Um, you know, my injury, they said six to eight weeks. And, you know, I think I was ready in four and a half, five. I could have played at five weeks. But, Crazy. Um, you know, obviously having a little extra time um, 
with us having a bye was huge for my recovery. How about Randall Cobb? Very humble on the podium saying, yo, man, I play a game. There's people out there sacrificing and doing a lot more uh, with pain in their life than me just playing a football game. Well, here's the thing, Randall Cobb. We understand that. (laughs) We get it. But also, good on you for, as he, quote, said, willing myself back for the playoffs. Mm. Dude was ready in four and a half, five weeks to go. Crazy. Uh, Rowdy and I were talking about it before you came in, RJ, this morning. The, the one that's even crazier is with Whitney Merciless. Packers have till 3 o'clock today to activate like Zedarius and Merciless from the IR. Yeah. And I think we expect Merciless to be activated. The fact that he's back from a torn bicep right. from l- middle November mm-hmm. is insanity. That's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect a torn bicep to even come back. I don't get it. Like anywhere near coming back. Well, Randall Cobb also talks about you know coming up short in postseason so many times. Because he just missed that Super Bowl before he was drafted. Uh, what does it mean to have another shot in Green Bay just two games away from uh, the Super Bowl? Here's Gabby. Well, this isn't going to be a cry session if you're if that's what you're looking for. I know I know that podcast just came out and some people uh, some people uh, might have heard it and heard the tears. I, I got all that out of me now. Uh, no, it, it would mean a lot to me. Um, you know, like you said, when I got drafted here, it was right after the Super Bowl. We went 15-1. and one. I thought we were going that year. Uh, I thought we were going to 14. Obviously, uh, 16, uh, the, the loss in Atlanta. And I haven't been there since then. And um, I've been watching from the couch. I've been watching just like y'all, <laughs> screaming at the TV, um, you know, cussing people out. Because yeah, I, you know, yeah. I, still, I still knew a, a little bit that was happening with some of the signals and stuff. And, oh, um, big you know, it, it, it was rough. It was hard. You know, I was definitely in a dark place um, when they played the 49ers in, in San Francisco because in my mind, I'm like, man, they won the year before I got there and they won the year after I left. Or they're getting ready to go the year after I left. So yeah, I must have been the problem. It must have been me. Uh, so I was I was definitely in a dark place that year. Man, um, copy. You know, but... Uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of it. Happy to have the opportunity um, to contribute and and to do my part. You know, we, we talk about one eleventh, and I'm one man. I'm one piece to the puzzle, and and I'm gonna do everything in my willpower uh, to to make this happen. And it's one game at a time. Um, you know, Randall Cobb willed himself back from core surgery, and I was will have will himself to a Vince Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, I kind of agree with every mm. single thing oh. that he said there, especially the fact that I thought they were gonna win it in eleven. I thought they were going to win it in 14. And you were also cursing out people I thought they were going to win it in 16. And I was also cursing at my TV (laughs) and was in a dark place after they lost to the 49ers. I think we all are Randall Cobb right now. Randall, we're right there with you, brother. We all were screaming obscenities at our TV and thought the Packers were going to win it all. This is the year, though. I think the only difference was that he actually played for the Packers (laughs) at one point. And his couch probably cost a lot more money than ours. Randall Cobb, though, was asked about his, uh, you know, how strong his feelings are about getting a ring to add to his legacy. I think it changes from time to time. People probably, you know, for, for me, um, I, I try to, especially towards the end of the season or in the offseason, just just think back on the past year. And uh, as these years continue to stack up, I think of, about the, the career uh, and the turning points of things that's happened throughout my career. Um but yeah, what, what legacy? What, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, and Drinking you know, obviously, as a Super Bowl winner, uh, Super Bowl champion, that that's something that that adds uh, to your career. Now, Randall Cobb was not going to be a Green Bay Packer if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers. 
Aaron Rodgers also was saying like he wasn't sure if he's going to come back to Green Bay unless he kind of had a say in the front office. Remember the drama? I don't think I need to remind anyone, but the drama that was surrounding the offseason when Rodgers was uh, out in Hawaii. So Cobb was asked about what did it mean this summer for Rodgers to say that he would not return to Green Bay unless they brought Randall Cobb back. Here you go. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, it gives you the confidence in the world, right? Like, one of the best players in the history of the game is asking for you, saying he needs you. Um, and some people may look at it as pressure, but for me, I just look at it as he trusts me. He knows who I am. He knows what I'm capable of, and he believes in me. And, and that's all I need. All I need is one person to believe in me, and uh, he, he's been that guy. He's been that guy throughout my career uh, since I've been in the league, and uh, I, I try to prove him right uh, every chance I get. So, uh, you know, fortunately I have to deal with injuries and I've dealt with injuries throughout my career, but, uh, every time I come back from one, something, something great happens. So hopefully we keep that streak going. What a bromance. So even like he even came back and lived with Rogers for a little bit before he got his house again. Randall Cobb kind of sounds like, uh, AB and, uh, <laughs> are you telling me that Randall Cobb's going to take his uh, uniform off Sunday yeah. night or Saturday night? Lambeau I mean, Field? let's hope not. Let's hope. By the way, did you see Antonio Brown is back in the media circle saying that he there's nothing wrong with his mental health? Yeah. He's just living his life. One more from uh, Randall Cobb before we get to our guy Dave Esler. Do some sports gambling. Cobb was asked about, is there more pressure on the Packers veteran players to reach the Super Bowl this time? Some people can say that. For me, uh, I don't see it as pressure. Uh, we, we play a game. Uh, and like I said, I'm so thankful for this game and everything it's given me. Um, but I've, I've lost in these moments so many times. Uh, I'm not going to put that pressure on myself because I've done it before. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play ball. I'm going to do what I know how to do. Um, whenever I get my opportunity, I'm going to make the most of it. When, whenever it's in a run game and I got to make a crucial block, I'm going to be there to make my block. I'm, I'm going to do what's needed of me. I'm going to do my 111th. So uh, the, the pressure is... We don't need we need don't need to add any extra pressure. We we got enough pressure on our lives, uh, living enough. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going out there and playing ball. Is Randall Cobb having a tough life? Like, sounds like it. I think he's just trying to relate to the common man. Yeah, I, I get it. It's I like dig the, it. It's I like, like the, it. the Dusty Rhodes hard time. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes hard time. That's that is a great clip if you've never seen it. Dusty Rhodes hard times. Talk about hard times. Dusty Road, the man. Randall Cobb, the man. Aaron Rodgers, the man. The Green Bay Packers, the men. This one's for you, Bernsey. Bernsey wanted a little Todd Rundgren. Bernsey wanted to bang on that drum. Excited for this. Tomorrow, 5-7, to seven, over the line, Rowdy and I are going to have our pregame for the Packers. Live from Tailgaters. And then a watch party. Rumor is this guy has done so well in gambling lately. He's got just a pile of money to burn through, and he's going to f- get first-class ticket from Florida to Madison, come to Stoughton and Tailgaters, and drink a bunch of Long Island iced teas. Dave Esler joining us. Dave, good morning. Well, good morning, but that is entirely not true. What? Um, I thought my, no, sources, I actually... my sources told me. I'm actually I'm totally in agreement with Randall Cobb on 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 uh, watching the playoffs from the couch when it's that cold. Well, Dave, if you need it, then I'll br- I'll get a couch for you. I'll bring one into tailgaters, okay? No, I'll thank you. Um, you just you just you just enjoy. I'm I'm happy for you guys that you still have some hope and and 
you know, I'll just watch it, and, you know, when the game's over, I'll still be sober. I can change the channel and call it good. Uh, wow. So, sobriety at the end of that game, Dave? Jeez. By the way, Dave, I want to let you know uh, the temperature here in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. Currently a balmy negative six. How's Florida? Um, a chilly, let me look, 55-ish maybe. <laughs> Burst. That's cold, yeah. Dave. So, Dave, I was talking about Team of Destiny. Like, I woke up this morning. And I have this like I have this saying like I felt it in my plums, not the cold. That was when I left the house, but I felt it in my plums that the Packers are a team of destiny. The last time that they played the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round, my friend Dave, was in 1996-97 season and they beat the Niners at Lambeau 35 to 14, then they beat the Panthers, and I hate to bring up bad memories for you, then went on to beat your New England Patriots in the Super Bowl 35 to 21. Were you there? What year were you born? Um, nineteen eighty-eight. Why did you have to think on that? <laughs> I don't know. Eighty-eight. <laughs> what year? What year was Rowdy born? Ninety-four. Okay, so you were both alive. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually yes, I was at that game as fate would have it. How did you see okay. greatness? It's okay. I mean, I got to tell you, the 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 agony of Desmond Howard was a little bit a little painful, but. Nothing compared to 1986 when <laughs> William Perry had to score a touchdown before Walter Payton did. Um, we can't ever, we can't ever let that go. All right, well, we'll, we'll let you have that, okay then, Dave. Uh, here's the thing, though. Um, when it comes to this year, what year were you born, Dave? I need to ask. Um, 1980 something. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, Dave. Uh, yesterday took the pack. Yes. You asked what, you asked what decade, not what year. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Sorry. What decade? No, Dave, in this decade, uh, this year, I feel it for me personally, but on a gambling sense uh, side of things, Packers, Rowdy took him. Was it five and a half yesterday? Rowdy? Yeah. I just kind of have a gut feeling in this one. What do you think of the Packers five and a half over the Niners? My friend. Well, you want me to be honest? Well, no, like, I, I, I want you to You want me to just appease the people of Madison and no. say, yes, they're going to crush them by 30. Dave, give us the Aaron Dolan treatment. Oh, oh. You are just, you're full of it today. It must be a Friday. Yeah, and I, my um, coffee's rocking. It feels good. Have, have you started that tailgate for tomorrow already or what? I was thinking about getting a beer um, once I'm done with you here. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I, I can't drive a lot of people to drink. <laughs> Give us the Aaron Dolan um, treatment. What happens Saturday for the Packers? Um, uh, what happens? I like the Packers for the first half. I think you can get a minus two and a half. I mean, um, you know, the Packers aren't going to commit 14 penalties like maybe a team from Texas did last week. Um, you know, the, the Packers are actually the least penalized team in the NFL. And, you know, I'm all about turnovers and penalties. Those are deal breakers. And Packers um, only turned the ball over or, or penalized, so that's nice. Well, you know, they were, they probably didn't do anything good last week. Well, I mean, face it, you know, but I'll tell you what, uh, and actually I think the Packers are the third-highest first-half scoring team at home, so first half, I like them. Full game, if I get sick, I'm going to take the 49ers. Hmm. And I'm going to take the you – know, another reason I can't take um, the 49ers early in the game is, as you guys probably know this, Garoppolo, if he plays, which we assume he will, his stats and – in cold weather are non-existent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, he's played zero zero games and uh, and thrown zero passes and temperatures under forty. So, you know, there is that. It's so gonna be I a think, real steamy, like one degree, seven, one yeah, to seven exactly. degrees. Exactly. 
Exactly. So, I mean, he's never thrown a pass uh, anything under 40. So, um, I can't go there. I like the Packers for the first half. And the market seems to like San Francisco plus six for the game. I mean, I got to tell you, um, you know, there's, you know, we're kind of late in the betting cycle. So, market moves matter a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, people are buying the six with the 49ers. You know, maybe it's a kind of a key number. I don't know. But, you know, there's 72% of the tickets are on the Packers yet. The line's not going up. I just, I just tend to think, um, the money is right in these uh, these mar- markets where the, there's a lot more fluidity. Okay. Um, I love the likely under. It was 48, and I, I just don't see a shootout. Okay, I like that. And Dave, I'm a big um, fan of you as well. Follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler. Um, Dave, do you? I don't want to bring up painful memories with the Buffalo Bills just blasting. The oh, Scott loves Scott Norwood. <laughs> I don't want to bring up. <laughs> um, so I wanted to go maybe. What's more painful, the fact that Tom Brady no longer plays for the Patriots or that the Bills just trounced the Patriots? What's more painful for you? That's a very good question. Thank you. Um, I think I'm not, I'm not bothered by Brady not playing for the Patriots. I'm, I'm bothered by his attitude with the Bucs. Um, and I, I'm actually kind of enjoying the fact that the Bills are where they are because I'm watching their fans completely go crazy. I mean, you know, you'd think that they were the Steelers of the 70s or the Patriots of the, the 2000s because, I mean, they, they, they've won one playoff game. And, and you would just think that they should be, you know, every player on that team should be elected to the Hall of Fame as soon as they're eligible. So, so um, you know, I, I, know, I know how that's going to end. It's just a matter of time. And I'm pretty sure it'll be in my lifetime. Um, so I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting there snickering about the the fall from grace they're going to have when they lose. Even if they win this Super Bowl, it's you know then everybody will, will bolt for more money next year because um, the Bills won't pay them enough and. Well, you know, I, I wanted to. to, I wanted be to back, they'll be back to pedestrian before you know it. <laughs> I wanted to pick your brain between one of the games: the Bills, Chiefs, or the Buccaneers, Rams. Which one do you want to do? Uh, Bucks by two and a half, uh, Chiefs by a one and a half. Which ones was, was Dave Essler? Uh, you know, finding more value or more knowledge in here. What's your knowledge on all well, of them? I'm, I'm gonna, um, I don't know. I, and it's tough for me to take road teams, but, I, you know, the Bills seem to have the momentum in the market. Um, I can't I can't deny that the Chiefs' offense isn't right, hasn't been. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill is not 100%. Uh, Edwards Hilaire, if he plays, is not 100%. And I think without him, I have to look at the Bills. You know, people remember when the Chiefs sort of went through that four-game swoon back there. Well, Hilaire was out then, too, so... He's actually a bigger part of their offense, even though you don't hear about him a lot than maybe some people might think. Um, Rams, Bucks, I don't know. I, the Rams are built to beat the Bucks. I mean, um, one of the reasons they went out and got a guy like Von Miller um, and and uh, Jalen Ramsey is strictly to be able to beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's the, that's the way it's done. So um, I I do I do uh, reluctantly have to lean both road teams. Um, what I did do is I actually. Teased this is the Bengals tomorrow up to ten, and I put them with the Bills at I believe eight and a half. And if the Bengals win, I'll probably just go back and take the Chiefs money line to maybe try to maybe try to middle that and win both. Um, but I don't I don't have a strong feeling. Um, but I do think both road teams on Sunday have a legitimate chance. You are one smart cookie. You know that Essler. I, I, I like thought you were going to ask me about the Badgers. Basketball. Well, game. I was just gonna. I was gonna finish with college basketball. So I, I see you tweeting a bunch, a bunch of Moorhead State stuff. 
Uh, what else? The UFC hey, Wilmington. Head, what do you mean more head state stuff? They made people money last night. Yeah, I mean, that's so did, you're always making people money, Dave. That's why we love you. So did Hawaii. So did a few others. Well, Colorado. Can, can Colorado, I ask you? Well, what? Can I, <laughs> can I ask you about Badgers in Michigan State? I mean, you are a fountain of knowledge. I'll take Michigan State. No, that's not. Are you crying? Maybe a little. Just because I know I'm not going to see you tomorrow. That's why. Well, Michigan State's offense in, in conference play is better. We got Johnny are. Davis, broski. We got the home court advantage at the Kohl Center. Come on. That one-hit wonder, you know. It's like Belichick take away their best player. You don't think Izzo can do that? I like how he uses the reason of we got the home court advantage at the Kohl, or at the Kohl Center, and then earlier in the game he goes, I hope it doesn't sound like a morgue in there tonight. Well, sometimes it does. It's called, sometimes it's called the morgue center. Sometimes it's called the Cole center. Ah, you don't want to bet against a 78% free throw shooting team, do you? Well, Dave, here's the, you know, I always the never, only, never the, only hope the, Badgers, the only hope the Badgers has is they turn Michigan State over. They're turning it over more than anybody in, in Big Ten play this year. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Tom Mizzle called them, uh, what do you say, fat and sassy, he called them. Hopefully they're not fat and sassy anymore, a lackadaisical with uh, turning the ball over. I'm calling it right now, Esler. I'll, Rowdy usually does this with you. I'll do it. I'm going to take the Badgers to cover over Michigan State tonight. I'll, I'll go against them. Well, yeah, I actually, in fairness, I took Michigan State last night at four and a half. It's only three and a half now. So you can see how our influence has moved the market. Well, you are an influencer, Dave. You know this. Yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> Rowdy and, and I have had that conversation. Dave, I've seen your videos, dude. There's all kinds of people watching it, making all kinds of money. I, a man of many hats. So, okay, how about this? If the Badgers don't cover, I'll send you. I'll send you a beautiful hat. Okay. Well, what's your definition of beautiful? I mean, it might be different in Florida. Mm. Might have to I guess, find it. I guess, I, I, guess when, I guess when it's I guess when it's a negative one, your standards get a lot lower. I am wearing a Zuba's hoodie right now, a Packers Zuba's hoodie, and I think it's beautiful. Oh. Uh, you know, it looks great from here. I was actually watching the live feed there, and, oh. and I got to tell you, yeah. So you it, know, I'm looking pretty handsome today, then. You are you are slick. I'm. I don't know how you do that this early in the morning. I feel like he's got like a discounted '97 Super Bowl hat. I, no, yeah, Dave, I do I do have the 97 Super Bowl hat. But that's my pride and joy. I can't send that to you. <laughs> yeah, I got five or five or six other ones, but they're not 97. That's I have a I Packers that. Zubas hat. Maybe I can send that to you. I'll wear it. Okay. All right. The Packers Zubas hat is up for grabs, okay? Fair enough. Dave? Go Niners. Go Niners. <laughs> All right. We're done. Dave, you're the man, brother. We'll follow along Dave underscore Esler. We love your Twitter account, your videos. You're always making money. That's why we love you the most, Dave. Love you, love you guys, too. Oh. Have fun tomorrow. Oh, all right. I'll have a Long Island for you, okay? Please do. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and, yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Dude, there's nothing better than Hulk Hogan's real America, baby. What you gonna do, San Francisco, when these 29 inch pythons come for you, brother? Come on, Rowdy. God bless America, dude. 
Thunderlips. Thunderlips. Last time the Packers played the Niners in the divisional round, it was 1996-7 season. 1997, January 4th, the real Americans, that is Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers, go out there and spank the Niners 35-14. Go on then to beat the Panthers and then beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Team of Destiny, I feel in the plums. I love the cheese. From the music to the Packers. All right, Rowdy, so 7-15 kickoff. Looking here, this is the uh, second straight year that the Packers will play in a divisional playoff on a Saturday. Last time they did it, defeating the Los Angeles Rams. Packers are 10-3 and all-time in playoff games played on Saturday, including 7-1 and at home. So there's some uh, little trends are your friends right there for you. And how much stock do you put in the Week 3 matchup when the Packers went out uh, and beat the Niners 30-28 to 28 on the golden leg of Mason Crosby. His time expired. Honestly, not that much. Yeah, they're and like the reason teams. being is both teams were already having injuries. San Francisco, I would say, a little more so than Green Bay, just because Green Bay started the season without uh, David Bakhtiari, mm-hmm. but they still had Jair Alexander at that point. San Fran was missing more players at that time than Green Bay did. Now, also, if you look at that that game, Green Bay felt like they were in control of that game, and it was a little bit more of a a one-sided game than that final score. Because remember, the Packers came out in the first half and were uh, taking care of business. Then, like they kind of did, what, four out of the last five games of the regular season, they let San Francisco crawl back in, score a touchdown to uh, take the lead, and then they had to come back down. Yeah. um, What was it? Trey Lance scored a touchdown in that game. And Jimmy G banged up, obviously. Rowdy was talking about earlier today of how Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, and Jimmy G were kind of like, I would say butting heads. No, they just kind of had different takes on... <laughs> on the injuries. Yes. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan's like, he's I'm gonna fine. I'm going to believe Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan's like, he's fine. Jimmy G's like, I'm banged up, dude. What do you mean? Yeah, Kyle Shanahan came out, said he was a full participant in practice, that day said that he was feeling good and he was ready to roll for the playoff game. Jimmy G said, well, actually I'm pretty sore and it's hampering my ability to play football, but I'm going to give it a go. So in that game against the Cowboys, obviously the Cowboys, <laughs> I mean, Dak Prescott looked like trash for what? Three quarter, three quarters of that game. And the boys just never could really get anything going. But in the second half, especially like moving into the fourth, wasn't San Francisco imploding? Weren't they like almost trying to give that game away to the boys? Yeah, that's why I like when I first, when we were talking about these playoff teams, I said the two worst mismatches for the Green Bay Packers were San Francisco and Tampa Bay. Yeah, And those are the two teams they'll probably have to go through to get to the Super Bowl. And then when you saw the San Francisco 49ers play that first half against the Dallas Cowboys, that was looking like a really scary team. Until yeah. the second half where they didn't play very good football. Jimmy G was missing some throws, especially high because of they that shoulder. Yeah. They couldn't necessarily get the run game going. And Dallas made a little bit of a comeback and for how much it felt like San Francisco dominated that football game, especially in the first half. 
Dallas had the football back, and we're talking about Dak Prescott scrambling yeah. with 14, 14 seconds, seconds left, left and them running out of time. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, wow, Cowboys could have friggin' snuck one out at Jerry's World there. Instead, you know, and boys are going to be the boys. We talked about Dallas having 14 penalties, Dallas turning the football over, Mike McCarthy punting in situations maybe other coaches wouldn't have punted. Unless you're Paul Chris. And uh, yeah. They still almost had an opportunity to win that game. But you never would have thought that if you just watched the first half. It was the most penalties the Cowboys have ever had in franchise history against the Niners and all the turnovers. The Packers don't turn the ball over, and they don't get penalized. What what did Dessler say? Dave Essler just joined us. The Packers are the, the least penalized team in the NFL. Yep. And, I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. The dude... The dude knows how to take care of the football. I w- I'll go out on a real limb here and say they'll have less penalties than the Cowboys did last week. <laughs> Fingers crossed they don't have 15. Yep. And they're going to have less turnovers than the Cowboys did because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback and you know he takes care of the football. Yep. All right, so Rowdy, for the Packers side of things, now we talk like Jimmy G being a little banged up, right? Uh, we'll see how you know good he is come starting, what, 7-15 at Lambeau. But the Packers, on the other hand, they're getting a little healthier. So David Bakhtiari, questionable now on the injury report. Uh, head coach Matt LaFleur was on the podium yesterday talking about Bach, Agent 69. Take a listen. I think Dave's in really good shape, obviously. You know, he puts a lot of time in now. And you don't have to be necessarily in, in great shape by going play after play out there on the field. I definitely think there is a difference to it and just in terms of some of the, the movements you make as a player as opposed to in a controlled environment. But, you know, he's working his tail off. And like I said, we'll see where he's at. So, I mean, how many times have we heard about Bakhtiari? We'll see where he's at. Well, okay, so he's talking about Bakhtiari being in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. He's the one that dragged Aaron Rodgers into the weight room in the offseason, correct? Yep. Where they were working out together. Yep. And, I mean, if you really look at David Bakhtiari and just a lot of the left tackles are just offensive linemen in gen- general in the NFL these days, when they take their shirts off, they're not fat roly-poly guys like you'd imagine. <laughs> like, they're, they're big human beings. They're not Vince Wilforks out there? And I mean, he is overall in pretty decent shape, but there's a difference between being in decent shape and then being all of a sudden in game shape. And he hasn't played a game in over a year. It's been a a little bit that, you know, it's been over almost what 13 months. And before that, like it's weird, but coming from someone that hadn't done something in a long time. And then all of a sudden I was in really good shape. And then we had our first wrestling match of my senior year. Uh-huh. The first match I felt like I was your adrenaline's running so fast. It was like I had nothing in the tank, even though I was in good shape. So I a hundred percent get what he, they're talking oh, yeah, about. There's with game, game shape. shape. Oh yeah, for sure. So hopefully he knocked off a little bit of rust when it was Detroit and he played about what a quarter and a half. Yep. Now, is he going to be able to give them four quarters? I think they're hoping so. Yeah, I hope so. But hopefully. But at, at, at worst, what he's a body for rotation, which is nice. Or at least giving you. I think they're going to play him the full game. I, I, I just so. don't understand how you could uh, take out a guy that's one of the better left tackles in the game unless he's having trouble. Yeah. Uh, more from LaFleur about, you know, uh, coming back from injuries and all these guys, right? So he's talking about how they've been practicing in pads a lot um, these last two weeks. 
certainly we have a lot of guys potentially to come back and you want to test them and make sure that they feel comfortable and confident to go out there and play at a high level against a very physical football team. And and I'd be lying to you if that wasn't a part of this thought process as well. We know who we're going to play and just the level of intensity and that they play with. Hey, Niners are going to run the damn ball. You know, they they can hit. They can do their things. I got the phone lines blowing up. Let's see. I'll go in, in order. Line four. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, you, you hung up? Unbelievable, dude. Line one. Who's this? Evo, it's Big Joe. Hey, Big Joe. What's up, brother? Hey, I can tell you this right now, Evo. 2022 sucks already. We've lost Betty White. We've lost Bag- Bob Saget. Now today we lose Meatloaf. I mean, come on. I'm going to have to crank up the Bad Out of Hell album now. Yeah. R.I.P. to Meatloaf. Yeah, you and Charlie are on the same page there. It was a, been a hell of a year already in 2020, but Charlie's were Meatloaf, Tom Petty, and uh, who was the third one, Evo? Charlie? Yeah. It was Tom Petty. And yeah, it's like, I was going to say, yeah, Tom Petty died a couple of years. Yeah, he died a couple of years. That was the funny thing about it. It was two guys that were already Big Joe, what's your score for Packers Niners? 31-17 Packers, Evo. My man. And Big Joe, think good about you today, homie. Hey, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. Hey, Evo, by the way, Mean Stump used to rock Ben out of hell. We figured it out. We could leave my driveway and head to school and start playing bad out of hell, it would end by the time we pulled into the parking lot at the high school. Man, then you guys would do anything for love, but you wouldn't do that in I school. I would do anything for love. Ugh. Yeah, I had to hang up on that quick. Thanks, Big Joe. <laughs> Charlie's Charlie's big three that died this year was Petty, uh, Eddie Money, <laughs> and then Meatloaf. But upon further review, Eddie Money, dead since 2000 and was it 19, Tom Petty, 17. Yeah, Eddie Money died in 2019. Tom Petty, 2017, yeah. And then Charlie, really going through it today. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. They always always come in threes. My favorite kind of loaf. (laughs) (laughs) Right when when he said it, I was looking at RJ go, I feel like those guys have been gone for a while. I feel like they've been dead for a little bit, but we still say RIP to the great stage in the sky. Uh, More from Matt LaFleur. For the podcast, Rowdy, I'm going to do a pause for you right here, okay? So we can cut out that phone call. There's the pause. All right, Matt LaFleur also on the podium talking about more injuries um, and guys coming back from it, right? First we heard from him um, about Bakhtiari, then have pads in practice, and now what are they going to do filling out the game day roster? It's not going to be easy with some of these guys coming back because at 3 o'clock today is uh, the deadline for guys off the IR. So Zadarius Smith and Whitney Merciless hopefully going to be pulled off the IR active roster today. Hot take. I don't think Zadarius Smith comes back. What? He better be. He said it like four times on gut Instagram. Feeling, gut feeling. He's not coming back. Now here's the, it's because he said it so many times and he's never come back. He's the boy who cried wolf. Uh, Matt LaFleur says with the guys coming back from injury, filling out the game day roster is not going to be easy. Actually, you know, if you truly do have players that are questionable and just the ripple effect that each guy adds to some of the decisions that you're making. But these are good problems to have that you feel confident in more than just your 48 guys. Um, Unfortunately, there's going to be some guys that aren't going to suit up that we'd love to have up on game day. Uh, more from LaFleur on game day decisions. You know, we're limited by 48. I think certainly um, a lot of these decisions, especially you're talking to your final few roster spots, are going to be determined by special teams as well. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about that freaking special teams unit, Rowdy. Jesus, mister. The special teams. Yeah, I can't forget about that unit. They'll Ugh. cost you a game sometime. Don't say that. Hopefully, because if they cost you a game sometime, then you're done. 
Yikes. Uh, Randall Cobb back off the IR. He was on the podium. We played it earlier. That was an awesome presser that he had. I feel like there could only be a couple guys on the special teams that really stand out for Green Bay. Who's the new guy that they brought that actually did decent? Uh, what the hell was his name? Oh, the, he got hurt. Yeah, what was his name? You remember? He was, was actually it, doing good. We should have remembered his name. Was it? Uh, was it Clark? No, Clark. Who the hell, no. Who the hell was well, that guy? No, didn't he get banged up or got COVID and then he was gone? God bless America. I can't remember now. Packers. I try to block. Jesus, I try teams. to Google something and all it comes up is COVID vaccine near me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what the hell's the dude's name? I don't remember. He was good for like that quick second. All right, here, when we figure that out, we're going to hear from Google's Matt LaFleur. Google's not working. Uh, use DuckDuckGo. Uh, Matt LaFleur talks about getting players back uh, in many cases will come with limitations, though. Here you go. Yeah, I would say that'd be irresponsible of us if we didn't have a well-thought-out plan for every one of those guys. Uh, it's not just, okay, he's back on the active roster, just go play 60 snaps or 70 snaps, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I think we'll be smart with everybody, and I feel like we've spent a lot of time throughout the course of the week juggling that roster. And You figured it out? It's David Moore. Dave. There it is. David Former Moore. Seahawk. And what happened to him? Don't tell me you got the Rollins. I thought the Packers didn't have any Rona. Nope, he is protected. It looks like he will be on the special teams this week. Oh, all right. They kept him on the roster. There it is. David Moore. We want more from David Moore. Yeah, Packers protect. Receiver yeah, he had, I think he went on the COVID-19 list after the first week he played. Did you see yesterday the NFL said that there's only one player in the, the whole league now that had the Rollins? Playoff time, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah, the PCR test turned all the way off. <laughs> <laughs> that threshold doesn't matter anymore. Uh, another song that gets you fired up. We're going 80s cheese. A little 80s cheese, Rowdy. The Niners are coming to the danger zone tomorrow. Lambeau Field. About to get tuned up. I'm feeling it. J.A. Krebs just hit me up. He tweeted me. My Twitter account, Ebo, says, Packers 35, Niners 17. Come get some. A lot of good stuff happening this weekend. NFL playoffs. Oh, you got Badgers, Michigan State tonight at the Kohl Center to kick things off. Or tip things off, I should say. And UFC 270. We welcome in our guy from Half the Battle Podcast, Dan. What's up, Dan? Long time no talk. We've been missing you, brother. How are you living? Uh, man, I've been missing y'all more. Uh, how's it going? Um, still kind of recovering over, you know, your Atlanta Braves beating our Milwaukee Brewers, but we got the Packers right now, so we're doing good, my friend. Yeah, let's see how long that lasts. I mean, look, uh, the Braves took care of business, but hey, the Falcons are out of the race, so I mean, y'all got something going on. Let's see uh, who ends up on top. <laughs> Dan, can we be completely honest? Were the Falcons ever in the race? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- listen. I'm like the opposite of a bandwagon fan. Like my team can go oh oh four the whole season and I'm still gonna root for them and I'm still gonna predict that next year they're world champions. So you already know the drill. No, you're like you're like me. I'm a, as a, every year I say the Packers are gonna win the Super Bowl. You know what's funny about that is last year when I said, well, next year the Braves are going to win the World Series, and then they end up winning the World Series. It's funny. It's like it looks like I predicted the future. I remember that tweet. Predict that every single year. I remember you tweeting that, and I I was laughing. I was like, no way. Like the Brewers got this, no problem. (laughs) And and what happened? You were like, you're Dan Adamas. You got to figure it out, man. Hey, Dan. So it's been a couple weeks since we've talked to you. Uh, Catch us up. How's the how's half the battle podcast? How's everything going in your world down in the ATL? 
Everything's going great, man. I mean, we're still on our little victory lap. I mean, listen, uh, after the Braves won, then the UGA Bulldogs won um, the college football championship. And listen, I didn't go to UGA. It's in Athens. I actually went to Georgia State, which is in Atlanta. However, right now, all of Georgia is claiming UGA. So don't ask any (laughs) further questions, gentlemen. Um, I will. I know you said you're like a diehard, no matter what Falcons fan. If you want, Dan, I can make you an honorary Packers fan this weekend. So you get another taste of a championship team. Okay. So you're telling me Tom Brady ain't about to win another trophy. Tom Brady's going to come to Lambeau for the NFC championship game. And Rogers is going to spank him finally. Okay. Okay. A nice little rematch. Yeah, you can. I'll have if you want the options out there. I'll let I'll open up the door of the green and gold bus for you to come on in. Hey, I appreciate the offer. I'm going to I'm going to speak to my legal team and we'll uh, have an answer for you shortly. <laughs> All right, you mull it over. Uh, Dan, UFC 270 on the docket. B- before we get into that, I have to ask you about um, don't roll your eyes over this, but it's something that entertains me and also makes me want to like punch one of these guys. What is up with that? Was it Jake Paul fighting with Dana White? Are we going to see any resolution here? Is someone going to come to the UFC or or what? Nah, I mean, we're just going to keep being entertained. Uh, That's what they're doing, man. I mean, they're entertainers there. And look, we're talking about them right now on air. They're doing exactly what we want them to do. So I just hope they keep entertaining. Do you think McGregor will fight Paul by chance? I saw that they've been contacting each other. Um, I mean, not in the near future. I think McGregor probably fights in the UFC at least one time later this year. And yeah, so Uh, probably not anytime soon. How about this fight, though? This one's going to be big time firepower. Big boys, the heavyweight championship. Let's just get right to it. Uh, Gone versus Ganu. What do you got in this one, man? Give us a little breakdown of this fight. Oh, my God. I mean, guys, this is literally the best heavyweight fight in the history of the UFC. I mean, I remember back in the day when guys like Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos were the be-all, end-all for heavyweight. And both these two that we're dealing with this weekend and Ganu and Gan, I mean, they would eviscerate. Well, they already did eviscerate (laughs) Velasquez and Dos Santos. What I'm trying to say is this new era of heavyweights, it's ridiculous, man, because heavyweights have always had power. But, I mean, now you got this kid, Cyril Gan, who moves like a 135-er, but he hits like a heavyweight. And then and Ganu, like, like I said, we've always talked about that heavyweight power. But, you know, when you go to that baseball game and you bring the glove because you want to catch the foul ball or you want to catch the home run. I mean, when Ganu fights, you bring your baseball glove because you're going to catch his opponent's head <laughs> when he sets it into the ten into the 10th row. So, yeah, it's it's just a new era of heavyweights, man. So that's why you brought you uh, buy it if you're in the tenth row, but also your face might potentially look like it afterwards. Well, if not, if you don't catch a head, right. you can catch some chiclets, right? Maybe some teeth you could catch if that mouth guard isn't like properly in there. <laughs> well, I just love this matchup because I remember when I first saw like Serial Gone, and I'm like, okay, they're like this guy's super technical. He's beating a lot of low level heavyweights, and you know he doesn't have a lot of career fights under his belt. But he looked good, but you've heard about all the up-and-comers in heavyweight over the years, and then they kind of fall flat once they really get up to uh, you know, the real competition. And when I think of that, I think of like Johnny Walker. But Cyril Gaon is really technical. Well, don't they say he's the future of heavyweight MMA? Like this guy is like the, the next big thing? Yeah, I mean, listen, he. I think he's that big. Cyril Gaon is going to be a UFC world champion. Oh. Just not just not Saturday night. Um, <laughs> you know, so so uh, Ngannou's the guy that, like, that Ngannou's the sorry to interrupt. Ngannou's the guy that one punch and like you just said like he can will take your head off. 
I know. And the thing about that is it's so easy to call first round knockouts, low percentage outcomes because they are low percentage outcomes for everybody except Francis Ngannou. When you're talking about Francis Ngannou, this is a high percentage outcome for him to knock you unconscious. I mean, when you get locked in the cage with that guy, I mean, you better pray <laughs> that uh, it ain't going to go. You know, over 90 percent of the guys he faces end up unconscious. It, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe uh, doesn't he? He's sixteen and three overall, but isn't he a hundred percent finish rate for uh, his wins? Yeah, definitely in the UFC. Uh, Jesus, definitely a hundred percent finish so rate. So this in guy's the UFC. a lock and knockout machine. I know. I mean, listen, it's what the fans want to see, but it's so fascinating because I mean, we've never seen an athlete like that in the UFC before. And I truly believed, uh, had he beat Stipe the first time, that he would be the biggest uh, star in our sport right now. Um, I, I do truly think that that loss and the Derek Lewis loss kind of took a little bit of steam off him. And now, I mean, since then, he's obviously gained, regained his momentum and he beat Stipe the second time. But I'm I'm really under the impression that had he beat Stipe the first time, he would be like a Mike Tyson level superstar. Man, hopefully he doesn't bite anyone's ears. So, uh, Dan, <laughs> the, 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 both these guys, like I saw, immovable force versus uh, uh, you know unstoppable object or whatever. Are they, are they training in the same gym in Paris? Yeah, I mean, I think that whole thing got overblown. Okay, it's really like they trained together for like maybe like a couple weeks total. So it's not like they were like longtime training partners. The real drama is that they share or they used to share a coach. So basically, oh. the guy that discovered Francis, his name is Fernand Lopez. He was Francis's coach for the longest time in France, actually. And once Francis decided to move to the U.S. Then Fernand Lopez, the coach I mentioned, then he brought up a new star pupil, and that was Cyril Gaim. So really the beef is actually uh, between the coach, you know, having his old student versus his new student. That's the beef. Uh, Gaim and Nganu weren't really training partners for that long. The Jedi and the Padawan. Dan, when I saw that this was going to be a fight, when, and I, when they came out with lines, I was hoping, hoping that they could have Nganu as the, the slight favorite so I could bet him at plus money probably to finish by knockout and then come over the other way and get plus money on gone and try and scalp something. But of unfortunately gone is the favorite. And it sounds like you're, you're leaning to Nganu on this one. I am. I mean, listen, it's not like I'm going to sit here and say that Nganu is about to outpoint this guy for five rounds. I'm not, I'm not delusional. I understand that if this fight goes the distance, that there's a high likelihood that Gon's winning the fight. But I just think that, you know, no one is exempt from that first L unless your name is John Jones or Habib. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe Gon is the next John Jones or Habib. We're going to find out. But the thing is, man, he fights with his hands down. And um, I mean, which is credit to his confidence and his technique. It's just I don't think he's been properly hit yet. And if there's anyone that's going to do that, it's going to be Francis Ngannou. So, yeah, I mean, I really think that Francis Ngannou made his young rookie mistakes back when he fought Stipe the first time. But he's, you know, it's such a big deal to take an L and come back, in my opinion, because like in boxing, everybody likes to protect their records, pad their records, put them up against, you know, mismatches. And Mm -hmm. as soon as that zero goes, people act like, their stock has gone out the window. Whereas in MMA, losing is part of the sport. You lose and you come back better. And Cyril Ghan is undefeated. And to a lot of people, that's like, wow, he's undefeated. He, he's, you know, he's invincible. To me, it's like he hasn't been properly tested yet. Well, the old saying in a lot of combat sports is, I'd rather have the kid in the in the finals with one loss than the, the undefeated. Right. For the uh, yeah, exact reason that, that you said. But 
little side note. Did you see that Ngannou's going to be in the new Jackass movie? He is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen to this, you guys. Rowdy like, told me this, yeah. If you already thought the guys in Jackass were wild and were willing to take chances, just imagine, you know, willingly getting hit by Francis and Ganu. I mean, would the this, kind of respect I have for those guys, legends, like, man. Would this be like telling the Mike Tyson to hit you in his prime? I mean, kind of, com- honestly, maybe? honestly, okay, I, I'm not going to sit here and go on record and say that Ngannou hits harder because you, you got to admit that Tyson probably does have better punching technique, you know, since he was actually yeah, a boxer. boxer. Yeah. But at the UFC level, I've never seen like head snap back the way they do when Francis <laughs> connects. And, and yeah, so, and who takes the Francis punch? Johnny Knoxville? Is more, you said what now? So who takes the punch? Johnny Knoxville? I think it looked like no. Steve-O. Steve-O? It, it wasn't Steve-O either. It was like Aaron whatever, oh. the dude that's missing a tooth. I forget Aaron his name. Aaron Inghurt. Oh, so he uh, won't look any different when he gets hit. No, yeah. He's already exactly. missing the tooth. He's missing the teeth. That's why. Did you say something wrong? Oh, yeah. no. Well, I mean, he's getting. He's letting this guy that's six foot four, two sixty five, punch him well, right just in the ribs. Go- if you, Google this guy the and look at a picture. I, the last guy I saw Mike Tyson hit. That was Allen in the Hangover. It's like this. It's like the gods. The gods themselves chiseled this guy out of marble. I'm like, all right, go punch someone in the face. Uh, Dan. Right. Dan also chiseled out of marble. Dan. Well, also looking at this uh, 270 fight card. Uh, what are you looking at here besides the, the heavyweight championship? What are you looking at? Like, I can find value. I can find money in this fight. And what are you most excited for? Dude, listen, it's a tough card, honestly. But you know, I ain't about to leave here without giving y'all something. I think that this trilogy between Moreno and Figueroa has a chance to uh, play out the opposite as people are expecting. Listen, Figueredo, the first time they fought, I mean, I know officially it was a draw, but I scored it 4-1 to one for Figueredo. The second fight, Figueredo got dominated. This is the third fight. You know, when you talk about trilogies, now we can start having the whole conversation of, okay, what happens if these guys fight 10 times? Like, is it going to be different outcomes each each time? Is one guy going to win the majority of the time? And I truly believe with these two, it is going to be a different outcome each time because they're not necessarily that similarly matched, but they're both that high level, man, that on any given night when each guy is on their game, they can win against anyone in the flyweight division. So when you see a number like plus 155 uh, on Davis and Figueredo, I mean, I think it's against anybody in the flyweight division. I'm tempted, man. I mean, listen, when you see his last performance against Moreno, you see how he got dominated. Well, you ask yourself, I mean, what kind of changes is Davison going to make to avoid the same outcome, the same result? Well, guess what? He moved out of Brazil to Arizona. He, he's living with Henry Cejudo now. He got out of his comfort zone. And trust me, that's a huge deal because in Brazil, especially uh, where he comes from in Brazil, I mean, this guy was like a celebrity. They don't got champs o- over in his part of Brazil. So when this guy came to town, everybody wants a piece of him. Everybody huh. wants to be around him. I mean, it's a, a big distraction. So he left. That, and not to mention that Brazilian barbecue. I mean, I don't, I don't know if y'all know about that Brazilian steak, but man, yeah, bro. that stuff it that stuff is addicting. And I ain't talking about no fogo to chow where you go there <laughs> once a year because it's you know fifty dollars a person. I'm talking about these hole in the wall Brazilian spots that only cost twenty dollars a head. Once you hear about those and that's all you can eat, you start going there every single day. And not and to take it a step further, in Brazil, it's probably his mom doing the cooking. You're gonna say hmm. no to your own mom? No. So of course, well, actually, so the guy. <laughs> Rowdy said no to his own mom earlier this week with the pot roast. It was a little dry, he said. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So, so, so I mean, the guy moved but she's to not Arizona. Brazilian. 
And now, I mean, he's training with Henry Cejudo. He's got a great strength and conditioning program. I think we're going to see the best Figueredo we've ever seen. And at plus 150, plus 155, I'm willing to take the odds and uh, gamble. Because, I mean, Moreno, now he's the guy everybody wants a piece of. Now he's the guy doing the victory tours, the media, everything, you know. Um, I mean, being the first Mexican champion is a massive deal, guys. Uh, Dan, let me ask you. We, so in Madison here, we have a thing called Samba Brazilian Grill. It's like it's you know they the, the, the gauchos walk around with the meat on a stick. Or whatever. What's up? What's the ATL? What's the dirty uh, Atlanta like? And I say that lovingly. With the Brazilian food scene down there, dude. Firstly, you had me at that <laughs> the, the gauchos walking around. So anytime, <laughs> when I, whenever I come to Milwaukee, I mean we're gonna have to go there like yeah, dude. every single day. You know what I'm saying? But. That being said, man, I mean, look, obviously, you know, we got our chain restaurants, the Fogos, yeah. which I'm sure y'all have too, and all that, which is cool and all. But I don't my want no spot, chain. I'm not a chain guy. I like the I like the real stuff, dude. Don't give me some chain it, nonsense. It, you know? Exactly, my spot, which is a hole in the wall spot. They call it Beef Grill. Every single person that works there is from Manaus, Brazil. Um, I mean, like it is. It's like it's the real only. Deal. Dude, it's only fifteen to twenty dollars a person. It's cool because remember when Glover Teixeira was fighting Jan Blachowicz for the title? Like, so they only show, show the Brazilian TV station there. You walk in there, and like, ironically enough, it was like an interview with Glover Teixeira in Portuguese. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel right at home here. I love it, hey, Dan. Uh, before I let you go, you have something else ready? No, I was just gonna say I one hundred percent agreed with him with the Figueiredo bet, especially getting plus money. I scored it the same way he did. I thought he won the first fight. Definitely got beat the second fight pretty soundly. And when your nickname is God of War, you better come back strong <laughs> yeah, for the better, third fight. You better be able to re- to rep that name. Hey, Dan, what are you doing for the fight before I let you go, my friend? Uh, you going to the like, a Brazilian steakhouse? What are you going to do? You know, I'm going to go to the Brazilian steakhouse today after <laughs> jujitsu class. But Ooh. tomorrow, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. Sometimes I like to watch the fights with a lot of people. But other times, like... I kind of don't want to have to answer people's questions. You know what I'm saying? Like people asking me, oh, what's going on? Or they they hit the mat and they're like, why aren't they getting up? It's like, well, I mean, (laughs) it's it's not as simple as just standing up, I just want to watch. Or like when they hit the mat and the first person starts yelling guillotine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Is it like the guy who's golfing? He says, get in the hole. It's in the hole. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Dan, enjoy your time, man. It's nice to hear from you. If we want to consume everything you got, which is absolutely incredible, how can uh, all our listeners do so, my friend? Well, I mean, listen, firstly, guys, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. It's been far too long, so I hope it's not too far away from the next uh, UFC pay-per-view. And thank you guys again. Thank you to all the listeners uh, in Wisconsin. Much love from Atlanta. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. And then my podcast is called Half the Battle. And Half the Battle is available everywhere podcasts are found. So a new episode dropped yesterday. And again, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Dan, you are the man. Uh, UFC 271, we're coming for you, baby. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Let's Ooh. do it. Brazilian steak. And go pack go, Dan. All right, just say it for me. Just say, just say go pack. Give me a go pack go. Hey, hey, good, since the Falcons are out, good luck, gentlemen. Oh, all right, see you, Dan. <laughs> Have a good weekend, brother. You too, see ya. <laughs> he's, he's bashful. He wanted to say go pack go. He just, you know, he's, he's just a little bashful. Thanks to Dan. He's a really awesome guy. Yeah, Twitter at Best Fight Picks and Half the Battle. Um, his podcast is incredible. See you later, Dan. Good stuff right there.